G'day and welcome to the 17X podcast series. My name is Mick Hayes. Thanks for tuning in. I have the absolute pleasure of chatting with entrepreneurs, visionaries, and absolute change makers on how they're using their business as a force for good in the world. We align these conversations with the 17 Sustainable Development Goals, the UN's global goals for the 2030 agenda that we simply must achieve. And it's my firm belief that our business community is our best shot at success. If you're inspired by these conversations, you'll absolutely love our 17X speaking events that tour Australian cities. Jump over to our website, 17sdg.com, that's 17 the word, to find out when our events are coming to a city near you. But for now, sit back and enjoy the show, and don't forget to subscribe where you are listening to stay up to date with our future episodes. Hey, welcome back to the 17X podcast. Uh, thanks for tuning in. We're in for a treat today as we have one of the most uh, socially connected and uh, I think purpose-driven individuals in Australia and present in the social enterprise scene. Um, g'day, Matt. Welcome to the show. Oh, what a lovely introduction. I think we could probably wrap it up here. It's downhill. <laughs> <All right. laughs> thanks very much, Mick. I... Uh, you wouldn't be you'd be surprised at how many times your name gets mentioned to me in this Australian tour as I kind of travel around the country meeting innovators and change makers and world networks people and and your name along with the fabulous Tom Dawkins seems to come up quite a bit. <laughs> That's a a long time and a good time. I think is probably a philosophy that Tom would sign up for as well. I've been around for a long time, so this uh, this millennium and a little bit of the last one, so. Yeah, love I it. think being being around the place for a long time, uh, eventually, I think uh, get some get some recognition. So we're going to dive dive into everything that you're doing um, down there in in the uh, the Adelaide region um, and unpack all the greatness that's going on. But before we do that, as we always do with our episodes, is a quick speed date version, like two minutes. Uh, right. Where are you? Where have you been through your career? And actually, uh, you know, more importantly, what brought you through to doing what you're doing now? All right. So where am I? I'm um, in Tandanyanga, which is the traditional lands and waters of the Ghanamina, Ghana people of the Adelaide Plains, which, by the way, today that we're recording this is the day it was announced um, here in here in Adelaide, that we're having the referendum for The Voice on the 14th of October. So if you're listening to this before then, I can uh, quite squarely position myself in the yes camp and pretty proud that we've launched the date here because in South Australia we have been a socially progressive place for, for a long time. You know, we have our faults and that said, there are a lot of really terrific people here pushing for, for social justice and environmental reform and all of those sorts of things that uh, factor into the 17 goals I see behind you on the wall there, Mick. Uh, I know this isn't a visual medium, so I'm just adding a bit of colour. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yep. Um, I've got my my wall size poster behind me that my kids generally find themselves in front of picking out their favourite goals, which inspires me. <laughs> well, it's beautiful and colourful. There's a lot to be said, you know. Uh, it's... It's good to have uh, bright and playful and engaging colours. And I guess uh, you. this is supposed to be a, a speed date, so sorry if I'm going a bit slow and romantic for you, Mick. Uh, it's more where am I now? So I mentioned where I am, and I've been doing quite a bit of work this last year or so, 
it does align a lot with the SDGs. And one of those things is I've been doing work in, in leadership, in inspired leadership for the greater good with a, an organisation, a social enterprise called New Day Leadership. Yeah. So I'm co-director along with my friend and founder of New Day, Katrina Webb. So we've been very busy ramping up to our own summit on the 2nd of November here in Tanganyanga and uh, also running our first regional regenerative leadership program. So that's built on many years of work in social innovation, in facilitation and work in engagement and connecting people people with purpose to purpose and, and positive action around yeah. all the sorts of things that listeners to this podcast are no doubt pretty passionate about. Yeah, love it. So can you tell us a bit deeper on what, what's New Day all about and what are you guys doing there that leads into the summit and everything else? Yeah, well, um, probably starting with the summit is a is an easier thing to describe, even though it's quite difficult to truly convey what, what a summit is like if you've not been to one, though we tend to describe it as a combination of a, a wellbeing retreat, a festival and a world-class leadership conference and it's for 350 people in person uh, we often have a live stream as well uh, depends how things are going and we have a range of speakers and activators on stage and throughout the spaces we have a lot of space that we make use of as well yep. and this year our, our theme is wisdom and wonder and almost every person who's sharing something from the stage is has a very strong focus on well-being and it's interesting what we have realized around what we do with new day leadership in providing a platform for different types of leadership perhaps the the types that are much more common in communities where positive action is taking place and much less common in some of the perhaps more cliched or or unmoved types of leadership um, right. that people might anticipate or, or have a vision of when you talk about leadership and because sometimes it actually gets a bit of a bad name um there's there's aspects of you know political leadership and yeah. and corporate leadership where you know th things continue to happen that don't align with with a lot of the values that motivate me and many of the people I collaborate with. Yeah, sure. So uh, so with our summits, uh, what we do, Katrina and I curate, along with some help from a wonderful group of advisors, a lineup to activate a theme. The theme tends to come together alongside what what you know part of what we're thinking about, part of what we're seeing in community, and part of what speaks to us from the people who we'd like to have at our summit or who've who've come into our path in one way or another. So it's a really wonderful collaboration with Katrina and uh, we continue to get so much feedback from people who've been to the summits where they've it's helped crystallise decisions for them that are really important in their lives and, and in their, their work part of their lives as well. So, and I absolutely love working with with groups of people and even a large group like that can still have a lot of moments of intimacy and introspection as well as all of that inspiring stuff that i know make you you love so uh that's that's been a big part of what i've been doing of late 
and seems to be a culmination of a lot of the types of work I've been doing in engagement and I do really love it. It's my favourite day of the year. <laughs> Sounds like I need a ticket. Is it sold out or can I? Uh, no, there's still some spots. All right, I'll better look into that. Um, yeah, you'll need to hang around in Adelaide after your, was it 26th of October? Yeah, well, we're, we're your... there on the 26th. I guess it's the following week, yeah? Yeah, it's the following week on the Thursday. And, <laughs> yeah, if you stick around long enough, we always go out on a property called the Fork Tree Project, which is on the Fleurier Peninsula south of Adelaide. Yeah. And uh, we help the people who are rewilding that property um, revegetate or do various other jobs, basically whatever yeah. we're told to do. Yeah, cool. So there's an open invitation to anyone who's been to the summit to come along on that Sunday yeah. afternoon and uh, do a bit of a debrief on the experience we had at the summit and, you know, literally get our hands dirty. And we have had that partnership for a number of years along with a number of other charities. So it's yeah. sort of connecting a lot of the things that I, I love and care about and yeah, really make it makes it really fun and, and warm. Yeah. I like the way that you say that you've got a, you know, it's a, a mixture of festival, you know, and learning and, and so you're kind of getting all the senses lit up. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we have a very strong passion for that sensory experience yeah. and yeah. humans, that's what we're like, you know, we're animals. We need, we need all of our senses to be activated and, I'd like to try and, you know, sense of humour, uh, you know, sen sense of camaraderie and all of yeah. those other wonderful things that, you know, make life extra great. So, and I think that when people are having a good time and they're doing things with people that they see are important and it's fun, mm -hmm. well, that's an experience that extends well beyond the day and a lot of relationships form out of that and, you know, we continue to be very pleasantly surprised at the types of alliances and collaborations and relationships that emerge from cultivating a community. And I know that's part of what 17X is about and, you know, part of why I really love supporting what you're doing is it's that community element that gives everybody a sense of belonging and with that you, you are able to apply yourself to a purpose much much more uh, much more strongly uh, with that community it's really how humans are the most powerful and where we can affect the most good so Nudo is sticking around I reckon yeah I'll see if I can get a pass out from the family to hang out, hang down there for a week oh Adelaide will look after you you know it's a uh, nice time of the um, year speaking of leadership do you you know like you said earlier Leadership kind of can get a bad rap. And there's obviously lots of different definitions out there or mm. the way that leadership is used as a label in, in various ways. Do you have a, a particular definition of leadership that you prescribe to or that you live by or that, that shows itself through this new day stuff that you're doing? Yeah, it's, uh, it's well, I guess our tagline is inspired leadership for the greater good. So by its nature that's leading something or someone mm. uh, in, in a way that, that has benefit that goes well beyond your own needs or desires. And yeah. it's, I think, that 
uh, um, people talk about servant leadership and, and various other models. I think there are so many people in communities and in organisations that uh, that's their motivation. It's they realise I have either a set of skills or a network or something that I can bring to a, a greater positive impact mm -hmm. and that's the style of leadership that person embodies and then inspires in others. So Nido leadership is about bring, more than showcasing that, it's bringing together lots of very different leaders. It's an extremely diverse group of people, very broad age range, every, every element you can imagine, and helping people understand, look, this person is authentically being themselves and showing that that is part of the greater good because the goodness that you are expressing in the way that you lead yeah. is influential and has has the ability to scale, if you like, in, in ways that are really powerful and enduring. And so that's, I guess, the style of leadership that I'm really passionate about. And recently, Mick, we've been running a regional program for a region here called the Adelaide Hills, Fleuria Peninsula and Kangaroo Island. So it's a, quite a large area yeah. on Naranjeri, Ghana and uh, Paramount country. And we're working with 18 leaders of, of various stages, uh, aspiring, emerging and established leaders who want to explore what regenerative leadership looks like. Right. And we look at that at three levels uh, the regeneration of self like what can you do to nourish yourself and and grow and what does that mean when you broaden that out to a team or a cohort or if, if it's in your personal life perhaps it's your family or your friend group yeah and then what does that mean for the region and there's a lot of interplay between those different layers and our leadership program is designed around that and so as we've gone through the months of the program, we're exploring what that looks like and providing a range of frameworks and skills to support leaders to grow as regenerative leaders in lots of different industries and sectors. And we aren't finished yet with our first year and it's really felt wonderful. And we had a retreat a few weeks ago and it was it was a joy to be part of it, to be co-facilitating something that was a really tremendous couple of days and feel nourished by the leaders in the program and what they brought to it is is really special. And it, so that's very, yeah, very nourishing. I could imagine it'd be interesting getting the different perspectives from those, you know, emerging, established and what was the mm. one? Um, aspiring, aspiring leaders. <laughs> I, you could class them as, you know, yeah. we're all emerging leaders until we can't. Perspectives on the content that you're delivering must be really refreshing because it's you, you are seeing the world and the content through different eyes, right? Yeah, and the intergenerational, totally, the and the intergenerational nature of yeah. the of leadership is can sometimes be overlooked in, in Western culture. It's not as highly valued as it is in many other cultures. Mm. And so, you know, when, when our group started, there's a 50-year age gap between the youngest and the oldest leader in the program. Wow. 
Wow. You know, and so we have people in the teens right through to the 60s, you know, so there's representation from every every decade of adulthood. And what happens when you regularly get together with a group of people that diverse, even that lived experience is so different through those ages. All of us can think back 10, 20, maybe even 30, 40 years and realise how much has changed. And that opens up lots of really great conversations around what our roles in society might have been at a different time. And, And of course, you know, it shows us potential for where we can be decades into the future. And that helps with a lot of futures thinking when we have that experience and become familiar with different perspectives on leadership and that the go with different types of lived experience over so different, you know, expanses of a life. So, and I always find the older I get, the more I appreciate people considerably younger and considerably older than me. Mm. The number of people who are considerably younger is increasing, <laughs> even outpacing the ageing of Australia. And and I do I do absolutely love it. You know, it's really yeah. important to, to have that. So Yeah, like I can just imagine, you know, the knowledge sharing going on, as you say, between the lived experience and, and really that openness of of empathy around the different experiences that people are having in their age bracket, you know, a 60-year-old opening up and listening to a teenager and vice versa. Uh, that's pretty powerful. I hope, are, you, are you recording some research out of this? Because there's, there's, you're going to have some fantastic data and, and you know, putting yeah. opportunities. Well, I'm glad you've asked because uh, one of the things that we're doing is – there are lots of uh, tools that we're using, uh, like personality profiling tools, um, what sort of uh, values people are working with, what are character strengths that they have. We've even just been so privileged to start the program with um, a Naranjali elder called Ga- uh, Cedric Varko, who helped start us so that the program began with a session called How Might We Better Know Country and Know Ourselves. So there's a lot of First Nations leadership in our program, which is absolutely vital in every way for regenerative leadership to, you know, to truly develop. And Cedric uh, worked with our group and helped each of us, you know, white fellas like me who grew up on Paramount Country in the hills to to connect with a Nachi, with a... Uh, special friend, as he calls it, or a native Australian animal, where we have a really strong connection that makes us feel a particular way. And how special, it's really difficult to describe how special the experience is to then be in a room with people where you know their name, you know sort of what sort of work they do and a few other things. And this is at the beginning of a program. And you also know that, you know, this person over there, uh, as a turtle, as a nachi, or, or a magpie, or a koala, you know, mine are a, a magpie lark and a sleepy lizard. You know, they're, they're my two nachi. And and so when we're out and about in nature or even just in the town, yeah. you know, I'll see a kookaburra swoop in and I'll uh, say to Katrina, hey, uh, guess who I saw today, you know? And right. yeah. I think that was a great gift to from Cedric to us, and Cedric's going to be part of our summit, incidentally. And to have that experience and that connection means that, you know, the the chat group that we have for our, our leaders 
you know, people will share a photograph of, of, yeah. of one of these Nazis or, a, you know, I'm just swiveling this uh, for your benefit. There's a, there's a watercolour painting of mine that um, my mother-in-law gave to yeah. um, my wife, who's, who's Nazi, is also a magpie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. so, so those types of experiences are also recorded. And at the end of our program, this first year, we will be able to measure a range of things, including well-being. We're using a platform called Be Well, which has been designed by uh, SAMRI, which is a really important medical and um, medical and health research institute, and we're built on the work of Martin Seligman and others around positive psychology and the measurement of well-being. And so each of our participants has a login for that and have you know filled in details and have a bit of a baseline to work off and then that gives everybody the opportunity over the over the coming 12 months to see how they're going you know and that's a tool that people can continue to use beyond you know their graduation in october so yeah. you know there are lots of things that we're picking up from this group and learning from them about how we can do our work more effectively next year yeah. and hopefully for years to come so, so what are you seeing as far right. as the connection to purpose and what you're talking about there, I think with, um, uh, you know, having the, the spirit animals, um, sorry, I lost the name. Yeah, Nachi. The Nachis um, is Nachi. really that shared yeah. value, right, and, and being aware of a shared value and a common value between one another. Um, are you seeing the live effect, live data on that, the, the positive effect that it has on mental health and well-being through that? through that technology oh absolutely in fact part of part of how you identify uh a nachi is is an animal that you feel like is looking up looking over you like looking yeah. out for you uh where you you feel good just when you see this animal you know you just no matter how you're feeling at the time when you see this animal it helps you think you know maybe things are all right you know yeah. and yeah. and of course that connects you to place because any regeneration is a place-based experience mm. and activity so it, it connects you much more firmly to where you are and of course helps reinforce who you are and understanding that other people because we're very humanistic in the way yeah. we, we think about things you know and it it's a different way to connect to somebody mm. through you know part of we're all part of nature and we often need reminders, so yeah, yeah, that's a really, really great way of, of reminding us and, and of course, linking us to wisdom that's been here for tens of millennia, you know. It's, it's, it's here. Like, you don't have to do anything new. You've yeah. just got to listen. You've just got to tap and into it, right? Like, listen. like a bit of that kind of rite of passage type stuff going on there. So... Hmm. Um, I used to be part of a boxing club up here on the coast um, for many years, and um, I'm not a fighter because I'm not good at it. But uh, <laughs> and I like my brain, but um, you know, <laughs> too much. But uh, I've loved boxing for a long time and keeps fit. And um, one of the things that this it was like one of those blue collar boxing things where or white collar boxing called where you go through a ten week program, you have a fight at the end. So I've had one fight, it was, you know, blue exhibition thing. But part of it was that once you did your fight camp, you could hang around and, and keep training and help train the new guys. And they had this great ritual where as the new guys, like it'd be 24 men coming through this thing every quarter to do a 10-week boxing mm -hmm. program. 
And as we got better at boxing, we could train the new guys and help them in. And, and obviously, in an environment like that, you had, you know, you know, plenty of men just wanting to jump in and learn how to box and do the fitness thing. But there are also some with some really, you know, serious things going on in their life that they needed a support structure to get around, whether it was addiction or, you know, various mental health challenges, family breakdowns, and, and the like. And and one of the parts of the program was a lot of what was going on outside the boxing ring, the camaraderie, the leadership, the connection between men in a safe place to be really open um, and, you know, be protected in a lot of ways. But one of the parts was somewhere about towards the end of the uh, the first few weeks is that the, 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 the trainers would get together and they would deliver a fight name to each of the fighters. And in, hey. you know, a public announcement in front of all of the gym, you know, such and such has earned their fight name this week and we've, we've called you the Viper or the this or the that. And the uplifting you know, positive connection that came out of that ritual, you know, like you say, you know, Western culture, we don't have, a, you know, a lot of ritual going on. Um, and the, the positivity that came out of that was immense. And eventually, uh, you know, you'd, I, I've forgotten a lot of these guys' first names, but I know them by their fight names, <laughs> <laughs> even to this day. So it's, you know, it, I love the symbolism that you're talking about there with, with oh, look. Naki. And, and uh, so come on, spill the beans. What's your fight name, Mick? Oh, my fight name? Uh, it was Hammer. Mick, Mick hey. Hammer. Um, <laughs> yeah, was, I think it was more alliteration than anything. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there's some great ones in there. Um, you know, Groundswell, because this guy had a, he's a fantastic human and he has this real groundswell of energy around him. Like it was a really great ritual that it, and I'm hearing a lot of that in what you're talking about. Yeah. There's a real connection there. Oh, and 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 that shared yeah, you know, shared agreement to to work with that. You know, it's 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 such and it's so so linked to childhood, you know, all of those types of things, which that's special. And it's it, it carries on through your life and I don't know how long ago you did that yeah, and it's clear yeah. that that's still, you know, I'm here grinning while you're grinning talking yeah. about <laughs> yeah. that well, story. I still have you know? some of those guys message me and say, hey, Hannah, what are you doing? You know, it's, yeah. it's no one really calls you Mick, but um, I love the idea and I, my youngest, Jake, is, um, he's on, you know, on a mission. He's only eight, but he's on a mission to be a, a nature scientist. So we're not too sure where that's going to end up yet. But he's all over yep. animals and loves them. And we do get a lot of kookaburras out the back and where I live. And I, I think if if we were to ask him that question, I think his his naki would be a kookaburra for sure. Yeah, um, well, um, I love it. You know, or, or king. You know, there's they're a kingfisher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah well, so... I can tell us which ones are the blue crested and which ones aren't. And all that kind oh of stuff. yeah, great. Um, oh, they are they are such beautiful animals. Yeah. I love Fascinating to unpack what's happening with New Day and um, I'm sure that plenty of people are going to be rushing to find out what's going on at your summit and how they can get involved, if not this year, then register for next year. Um, yeah, really, really cool. And I love your take on on leadership and regenerative and, and that shared knowledge of, of different experiences. I think it's so powerful. Um, but what I want to do just for the last part of this podcast and just shift gears mm. a little bit. Because um, I know that you're an incredibly well-connected human down there in, in Adelaide. Um, you've, as you said at the start, you've been playing in this game for a long time um, and not just in SA but all over Australia. Um, and I'm interested just to ask you about trends that you may be seeing. Um, mm. You know, we, we hear a lot about a post-COVID world now, you know, where 
we maybe got a bit of a wake-up call in, in COVID as a society, a bit of a slap in the face in a lot of ways. I think mental health has become a real resurgence in a positive way. And, um, and I see a lot of trends through 17X when I cruise around the country and there's some, there's some things that I see, but I'm interested to hear what you're seeing in 2023. You know, we're, we're over the halfway mark already. Um, yeah, what, what trends are you seeing in the social enterprise space, in the purpose space, or just, you know, businesses doing good? Uh, across small, medium, large, everywhere else? Well, uh, it's, I mean, we're talking trends, so it's in a very broad way. Yeah. I think there are two things that uh, profoundly common, I think, I- I across those different areas. One of them would be the the importance of place or the, the local, the power of the local and it's interesting you mentioned COVID, and I think that helped a lot of us realise that we could be better connected to our own communities and where things come from and who makes things and those types of things and realising that globalisation has had many benefits for for our species and there's there have been a lot of impacts that are not so positive and, and that doesn't only extend to supply chains, you know, for for goods. And I think that what I'm seeing come out of that is is much less a hangover from COVID nineteen, which is, you know, still with us. It's it's a, a celebration of the local and a desire to do more where you live, you know, or where you spend a lot of your time. So I think that's a really positive thing and the recognition that there is a grass that the change has to happen at the grassroots. And I I like many people when COVID hit, you know, in my in my community work, in my consulting, in, in pretty much everything I did, I had to make it really local, you know, but I didn't have a choice. And that's what I wanted to do as well. So that was fortunate. So all of the interstate work immediately disappeared. And it helped me appreciate more and more what we have here where I live and places that are familiar to me. And then, of course, made me want to support other people who are celebrating their own place. So that localism or the revival of localism is, I think, here to stay. I think that that's absolutely part of the change. The other thing I would say that that has a relationship to that, I think, and probably does go a lot more to our responsibility in the type of nation that we live in and our our place in the global community is uh, the matter of, of justice and the recognition that you know climate justice is is the big fight and it it is a bit of a fight because the rights that have not been recognized or um, built into the relationships we have, everything from trade through to, you know, how we participate with other nations, it's just been unfair. It's been inequitable and the the negative impacts are, are vastly, um, uh, you know, disproportionately uh, affecting people who have had the, the, the tiniest part in, in creating those global uh, crises in particular, climate change, but we've also seen financial crises that have emerged 
uh, in recent years. And, and you know, there's, there's a life and death scenario for so many people around them. I'm looking at the wall behind you, you know, no poverty. Sure, we've, we've halved uh, poverty in, in the last, what, 30, 40 years. And in many places, it's been, you know, eliminated, so to speak. And, you know, then when you look at the baseline of what is poverty, yeah. uh, it's, it's very different depending upon where you happen to, you know, emerge on this planet. So I think that justice piece is something that a lot of people who grow up with privilege, people like, like me, uh, are beginning to recognise has to be part of the way we we do what we do, and that's everyday activity right through to you know big special days where you have a role in leadership and you have the attention of a bunch of people. So I think that local element and what's the how are you improving equity around uh, an experience of life that's positive, and how do you overcome? what is unjust. And that does mean operating at a level beyond the local. So that's about political and social change and economic models and all of those other things that are not currently uh, regenerative that are exploitative and extractive. So I'd say they're two trends. I know they're pretty big trends or or hammer, I should say. However, I think it's, I'm seeing that in every type of of organization and in, in, in almost any individual that I meet, they're, passionate, more passionate about the local, more passionate about the, the justice element that comes with with mm. responding positively to the challenges we we should share more more equally. So, yeah. Love yeah. It. Um, look, speaking of local, my last question for you today, um, you know, honing in on what's happening in SA, I know you're a board member mm. of the South Australian Social Enterprise Council. Um, you've been, you know, knocking around in your hometown for quite a while. Um Who's who's doing some great stuff in SA that we should keep an eye on? Where what are some of your local champions? Well, um, first person who who popped popped into mind actually is a fellow called uh, Daniel Slangerberg, and you might have encountered him. He he is um, a founder of Eco Caddy, which is a um, was started off as a, a electric tricycle um, yeah. rickshaw style service and. Uh, Dan's uh, has also been one of the leaders in co-working and he's setting up a new space actually down on the Florida Peninsula and that's really exciting because again people are choosing to work in their communities now rather than commute and so you're responding to that. Dan's is uh, you know uh, an entrepreneur and he's he's really focused on the action so he's doing really fascinating stuff around compostable, uh, products that are emerging from um, businesses that are recycling their putrescible waste and things like that. So wow. that's something to keep an eye on. What's happening with with EcoCaddy and with with Mache, their co-working sort of business. Yeah, and I, you know, want to acknowledge, um, or actually, someone who spoke last year, I think it was here in Adelaide, uh, Beatrice Jevons. Yeah. So some of the work she's doing with with musos and other people in the festivals sector and in the creative sector more broadly around climate action and and, and other action that's beneficial yeah. and fits in with the goals is uh, you know really inspiring and really great to see younger leaders mm. doing so many things with so many different networks and blending activism with 
you know, with action around changing the way we do things. So I found that really exciting. And uh, I mentioned her before, a fellow board member of uh, SASEC, uh, Eloise Hall, who's one of the founders of Taboo Period Products. And they've been really leading a lot of the conversation around period poverty and people having access to to those products and, and not being an economic um, opportunity and, and more about, you know, basic rights and access. And yep. so I've been delighted to see the sort of partnerships that, that are emerging with what they're doing and the way they're working with corporations around their responsibilities for their workers and their, their customers and their communities. So those sorts of things are, um, you know, these are people who, have been doing things for quite a long time and continue to evolve and yeah, sure. and look for where they can make you know a strong impact. So yeah. I guess there's some people who yeah, yeah, uh, came to um, mind when you when you mentioned it. And um, yeah. yeah, Beatrice did talk at our event last year, and um, yeah, she, she was great. Vision. We had we had a um and a, a speaker um, pull out about a week before due to uh, yeah. someone in his family was quite ill and had to pull the pin. And so, yeah, went into, you know, okay, we're going to find a speaker. Um, and I can't remember who who uh, somehow I ended up on Beatrice's email and said, hey, I've got this thing. It's, it's in a week. Do you want to come and talk about what you're doing? Because, um, you know, anyone that's using festivals and music to create climate engagement and climate action, that's yeah. like A1 in my book because I am I can't play music, but uh, music's, like, music's one of my happy places. So, and yeah. So, um, yeah, it was really cool to have Beatrice there. And I have actually heard Eloise's name has been passed around a few times as well. I've seen her um, and the great work that she's doing as well. So um, I think that, like you said at the very start, I think SA and, and Adelaide and that, you know, there, there is this real vibrant community of business leaders that are responsible, yeah, about the way that they're doing things and they're on their mm. – they're not just talking the talk, but there's a lot of walking the walk and action creation going on, um, which I'm seeing, you know, from afar as we build our community down that way for our event series. Um, we got some stellar speakers at our event coming up, which I'm really excited to um to to bring some more people to the stage at 17X. But yeah, yeah. There's a lot of fun going on. Um, all right. So Matt, it's been great to connect. Um, if people want to yeah, reach thanks. in and work with you or come to your summit or get on your next so regenerative leadership program, what's the best way to connect with you? Well, uh, for, for New Day stuff, newday.world, uh, that, that'll get you to a website and yeah. you can take it from there. So anything New Day uh, links in with that. I'd say anyone in South Australia who's who's got an interest in social enterprise or is is a social entrepreneur please join SASEC as a member as that peak body you know we're here to look after social entrepreneurs and and to, to build that community and we're just on the verge of of uh, employing somebody who's going to run the business for good program which is a partnership program with the state government and with social traders and that's that's really positive so get behind SASEC so it's sasec.org.au i believe I could be wrong, uh, so oh, check the show notes. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, with with what I do, I mean, you can find me on, on LinkedIn. Okay. And like I mentioned to you before, I've for a very long time run a consultancy called Eco Creative, and before too long I'll be uh, revealing the, the name of the new consultancy I'll, I'll be heading up. So uh, I'll leave that 
for now because uh, I'm not exactly sure when that's going to land. It's uh, kind of uh, on my to-do list and it's definitely top five, you know, so not top 17, which is the to-do list of uh, humanity, I believe. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, definitely 2023 calendar year by the sounds of it. So um, everyone listening, as usual, um, scroll down in the show notes. You'll have website links to New Day, website link to SASEC, Highly recommend that you engage with the social enterprise councils in your region, whether you're in SA, yeah, uh, Queensland, totally. Victoria, WA. There's one in each state. There's a national body now. Um, they're all there to be your support advocacy resource for the social enterprise community. So please reach in and, and become a member. They're either free or very cheap. So just do it. There's a great community there. So SASEC for South Australians, the link will be there in the show notes below. And we'll put... Uh, Matt's LinkedIn link there too, so you can spam him on LinkedIn on the socials and get connected. Um, I think that's how we connected maybe is I found your LinkedIn. So, hey, yeah, it might have been. Um, <laughs> but that's what that platform's all about is connection and knowledge sharing. So, uh, Matt, as always, um, terrific to connect. I appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. The 17S community <laughs> and um, love what you're doing and hopefully I'll see you at the summit. Oh, look, uh, I reckon I'll be seeing you uh, springtime. So. Okay. That starts on Friday, so I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking out the window, actually. Got a lot of acacias in blossom, so it's good good times. Game on. (laughs) All right. Cheers, mate. Thanks again. All right. Nakata. Well, that's it for today's episode. Thanks so much for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe wherever you are listening so that you can stay up to date with our future episodes. And now it's time to jump over to our website, 17sdg.com. That's 17 the word to see when we are coming to your city with our 17X speaking event that's touring Australia in 2022. We're coming back to the stage in every major city in this country to put social innovators, change makers and leaders on stage to share with us in their keynote how they're using their business, their brands, their products and their people as a force for good in the world for the 2030 agenda. We can't do this stuff alone. We need you in the room. I really hope to see you there. But for now, go out and create some impact and enjoy great things. 